Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Dr. Miles J. Bennell building in beautiful Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd and Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, The Howling. Somewhere in this city, in this human jungle, it begins. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. Hopefully we'll get back on track here before too long. <laughs> uh, we've, we've had back to some, our regular schedule. We've had some extenuating circumstances here recently. Yeah, real life's been a bitch. <laughs> uh, no kidding. It's been it's been pretty stressful around these parts. But yeah, hopefully one thing it's, after uh, another. But yeah, hopefully it's on the on the mend. Things are getting we'll better. We'll see. We'll see. But hey, we got the podcast here. We're on. We're recording, and we're got a new episode here. So yay. And a really good movie, and another another one. I say this all the time when we these movies pop up. Why haven't we done this one before? I have no idea. You, you know, love this movie. I do. This is one of my favorite werewolf movies. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot of people. The Howling and American Werewolf in London came out the same year, mm-hmm. and most people love American Werewolf in London and say it's the best werewolf movie and their favorite, and it's good, and I do enjoy it. Yeah. But I've watched The Howling many more times than I've watched American Wolf in London. <laughs> right. And for my money, it's more fun. I mean, aside from Jenny Algutter in the shower. Well. Okay. That's yeah. worth the price of admission for American Wolf in London alone. Sure. I think one of the main reasons is it's got the, like, the big wolf werewolf. Yeah. Which I don't like as much as the standing bipedal wolfman yeah. werewolf. You, you like wolfman, not necessarily werewolves. Yeah. Even though you like werewolves, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, and this one does, there's a lot of good stuff in this one. I mean, a lot of people like American Werewolf of London because they say the dark humor and stuff in it. But, you know, this has a lot of humor and it. it's just a lot more subtle. Yeah, but it's not, it's not nearly the funny that mm-hmm. you get from American Werewolf of London. Well, that's what I say. It's a lot, it's a subtle, drier type stuff that you got to like be really paying attention to to pick yeah. up on the humor part of it. That's true. Um and I the mean, cast. This is, this is more just a, a horror movie yeah. without the, the yeah. humor. I mean, they were not going for any humor in this, exactly. I don't think, really. It's more like inside jokes kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and well, you know, let's start off right off the bat. Directed by Joe Dante. Right. You know, which you know it's going to be fun right then. Mm-hmm. And the cast. My God. Okay, the cast list. I had to write this down to remember everybody. <laughs> okay, D. Wallace. Right. Patrick McNee. Dennis Dugan. Christopher Stone. Belinda Belaski, Kevin McCarthy, John Carradine, Slim Pickens, Meshach Taylor, uh, Mick Garris, Forey Ackerman, Roger Corman, uh, John Sayles, who was the writer, he's got a small part in it, and introducing Elizabeth Brooks uh, as Marsha. Yes, and a lot of those names that you just rattled off were like cameos and stuff, and not necessarily the main stars. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. Roger oh, oh, Corman, and I forgot you don't even hear the most speak. important of all. Dick Miller. Dick Miller. You can't forget Dick Miller, Rob. Yeah. Uh, Dick Miller has some lines, and he actually said this is one of his favorite movies he was in. Oh, nice. Forey just has a cameo, kind of a walk-on type thing. And then Roger Corman, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Joe Dante got his start cutting trailers for Corman, so this is kind of a, you know, thanks for helping me get my start to Roger. Oh, and of course, Dick Miller's name in this is Walter Paisley, like it is in everything. (laughs) It's always Walter Paisley. Yeah. 1981 was when this came out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the American Wolf of London the same year. Uh, Rob Boutine did the effects for this. I think he went on to do the thing, right? I We've believe before. that's correct, yeah. Rick Baker was supposed to. He was slated to do the special effects for this. And I think Boutine was working with or under Baker. 
But then he got offered American Wolf of London, decided to go do that. So he handed it off to Botin to do this. And mm-hmm. he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And the makeup is pretty stunning in this. You know? Yeah. I mean, the transformations in this are very, well, at least the couple that, I mean, you see a few, you don't see all the transformations, yeah. but you see a couple uh-huh. for a little while. And the first one that you see that's actually like watching the entire transformation is it's like time it goes by. You're just, I mean, it's not like it's going slow. It's yeah. just, you're, you're watching it and watching it's it stunning. and watching it and what, yeah. yeah. And it's like, wow, how, well, especially, did, how did they do yeah. Especially if you take into account up until then, most transformations we saw werewolf movies were like lap dissolves. Yeah. Like, you know, the wolf man and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And also this was 81. So there was no CGI. I mean, people are jaded now, you know, yeah. this was art and, you know, technique and craftsmanship and yeah. it was amazing to see this on the screen we had never seen nothing anything like this before yeah that was it was insane i mean the one part where you see oh you didn't say eddie's who's eddie rob oh eddie kissed the character yeah that was robert picardo there yeah that's go. right you put him in there yeah uh, this it. is a really odd not odd because i mean robert picardo wasn't really heard of back then mm-hmm. because he was a, a stage was performer his, yeah his first um film role yeah but <laughs> to know robert picardo now and then watch this you would not recognize him i didn't recognize oh no well him. he was so young too yeah well yeah and he was in the makeup and he had longer yeah. hair and i mean all kinds of things factor into that but oh and one, one of his first times you see him yeah. transforming that that spot on his forehead that's yeah. just like breathing yeah <laughs> It was really fascinating. Yeah. Oh, incidentally, after this, he went on to uh, be in nine more pictures of Joe Dante's. Oh, okay. So apparently they liked each other. They must have. Let's go. Before we go into all the neat and quirky little facts and stuff, let's talk about the plot a little bit. Mm. It starts off right off the bat. Dee Wallace's character, she's a news reporter, mm-hmm. and she's like walking down the street, and we find out through this that there's a serial killer mm-hmm. who's been in contact with her, yeah. and he wants to meet her. Right. And they figure this is the way they're going to catch him. Yeah. And get get the story. Catch him. Yeah. So he's put these smiley face stickers on different places, and that's where she's supposed to go. One's a phone booth, and then he calls the phone booth, and she answers the call, and he tells her to go to the porn theater. Right. So he goes in this porno shop and goes back to the peep show booth and there's a sticker on one of the doors. So she goes in that booth. Mm hmm. Interspread with us, we see the people at the TV studio, and they've got a mic on her trying to track her and all this. Right. But there's interference. They can't hear her, blah, blah, blah. And um, so she's in the booth and then somebody puts a quarter in the machine. The movie comes on and it's Eddie Kissed is behind her and he won't let her turn around. So we only see him backlit like right. silhouette. Yeah. And he's doing his creepy talking to her. And I watch you on TV. I'm going to light up your whole body, Karen. <sighs> she's kind of you know, freaking out a little bit. <laughs> and uh, oh, and the. This is kind of cool. The porn that she's watching, we yeah. get to see bits and pieces of it. Yeah. It's not a real porn. Dante and a couple friends, I think, filmed this. <laughs> wow. In somebody's garage. And it's not and just of a porn. Car. This is like a gang it's like a rough rape scene. Yeah. yeah rape and scene. you never see anything, really, except no. they're holding the girl down. They're wearing a stocking mask. And yeah. Ripping her clothes tired. off. Yeah. And it's, so it's it's just before like stuff starts to really happen. Yeah. Yeah. But your mind fills in the blanks. You sure. Know? So and anyway, he's, he's basically intimidating her that that's what's going to happen to her. Yeah. Yeah. 
And well, he wants to turn into a werewolf too. Well, but right. We, but we don't, don't know, know that, that yet. yet. <laughs> and then he starts to change, and we don't really know exactly what's going on. I mean, you do if you know it's a werewolf movie, sure. you do. But you know, well, yeah, but you just kind of see like he's in silhouette mm-hmm. and in shadow, and and you hear his voice is a little different. doesn't really look like his face is shaped exactly the yeah. same. You don't really see much. Yeah. Then um, she screams and two cops that have been looking for her because, you yeah. know, they were supposed to be following her the whole and time. And they lost the transmission, so they've been right. looking for her. They come in, they hear her scream, and the young cop, they both run back there, and the young cop just pulls out his gun and starts firing through the door. Doesn't yeah. even, can't see anything. Yeah. It's, it's not glass. It's a wooden door. Yeah. You have no idea what's and happening. blood starts seeping out of the door. I mean, for all he knows, he could have shot her. Yeah, and the older cop comes and says, oh, Jesus Christ, put yeah. your gun away. Right. And oh, the older cop is Kenneth Toby, by the way. Oh, okay. He was in the thing, the original mm-hmm. thing. Right. So then the, you know, they haul the body out. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, she's walking out with her husband, Chris Stone, in the movie. And uh other people are in the news newsroom and uh so they get her out. Yeah, then you see the investigative reporters doing their thing, trying to figure out who this guy was, where he came mm-hmm. from. And you get introduced to the doctor. Um, Patrick McNee, yeah. Patrick, yeah, who's uh, treating D. Wallace. God, I forgot her name. Dag on it. I'm terrible at that. Mm. Anyway, treating D. Wallace for her, you know, the trauma and whatnot. And he he tells her that she should go out to... The colony. The colony. And he tells her that the colony Which is... His, his retreat up in yeah, the mountains somewhere. It, yeah, it's a place he's got where he sends special clients. For group therapy and different things like that. Oh, yeah. and incidentally, it's in... Uh, a, a town called Land Willie, mm-hmm, right. which, if you know anything about the Wolfman or werewolf movies, the original Wolfman with Lon Chaney, the Talbot Castle was in the village of Land Willie. Right. So. And there are other things that uh, you hear from that later. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. So she goes up there. And so this whole time, now this is probably, two, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie at this point. Something like that, yeah. And you're, at least I... The first time I ever saw this was a long time ago. Yeah. I didn't know it was a werewolf movie. I was just, I mean, The Howling, you get a clue. Yeah. But it just kind of felt like a a thriller yeah. kind of, you know, serial killer kind yeah. of thing. It, you don't have a real feeling for this is going to be a werewolf flick. Yeah. Well, you don't get the typical werewolf going out and attacking people stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that doesn't happen at all, no. except that beginning. No, I mean, people are attacked by the serial killer that is Eddie, yeah. and he is a werewolf, but nobody knows that. Yeah, he, he just they're not mutilates attacked. his bodies. Yeah, but I mean, they're not attacked as if they're animals. I mean, nobody looks at it and goes, oh, that's an animal attack. Yeah. You know, it's just, he's a serial killer, and he mutilates the bodies. So, anyway, things so, go on. She yeah. meets people. There's some funky people and some yeah, not well, so funky people. Like you'd expect, people that are at a retreat for uh, psychological problems, they all have quirky personalities and things. Yeah. And so, like you say, they meet all the people and... Mm -hmm. And her husband goes with her. And goes with her, yeah. And then they start going through the daily therapy stuff. And there's Mm -hmm. in the evenings, there's cookouts and things like that. So she's getting to know the people. And slowly, things start to turn a little weird there. Yeah. And she and her husband are not having relations. Right. Because she is still psyched out and traumatized by what went almost getting raped by this beast, the serial killer. And, of course, he's getting frustrated because he's got, you know, the urges. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) 
And it's and driving a little wedge between them. Well, it is, but it's funny because he doesn't ever, he doesn't ever come across as being very frustrated with her. Once he or just, twice, a little bit. But I didn't feel I didn't feel that. I just felt like he, you know, he was trying to trying to make the moves, and she turns him down, and he's kind of like just okay, and he, you know. Yeah, well, it off, builds. But, it builds. Yeah. Anyway, um, Marsha, the werewolf chick in the leather, yeah, the hottie, is flirting with him hard the whole oh, time. Yeah. And eventually, after one night he getting turned down, he goes for a walk out in the woods or something. Yep. And he ends comes up upon her at a campfire. Yeah, at a fire. And she had, oh, when he was walking back one evening, I'm sorry, before that, he gets attacked by mm, a wolf. Right, right. And gets bit on the shoulder. Yeah. And that's when Dee Wallace calls her, her friends to come visit. Yeah. Because he's been hurt. So he's starting to feel the change, but doesn't know that, know it yet. Yeah. So then he meets with Marsha by the campfire, and they turn into wolf, werewolves and start doing it. Well, they're doing it before they even turn. And the reason yeah, I point that out is because <laughs> they're getting ready to go at it. And I looked at Rob, and I was like, so do werewolves have sex with each other in wolf form and human form? Or is this just a human form thing? And he's like, just wait. And yeah. then, <laughs> and then it switches it to the effects. It's like a it's like a cartoon yeah. kind of. I mean, Which, it doesn't look cartoony. It's just, you know. Well, it kind of does. But it does. It gives I mean, it more of a like goofy look. Yeah, an other world kind of quality. Yeah. Kind of weird. Because it takes you by surprise. Yeah. Because it's, it's a long shot, in too. In silhouette, kind of. Yeah. And then that's done. And then the rest of the movie is... Her and her friend, who Belinda Blasky, who comes up there, tr- slowly find out it more and more. And it moves. I say the rest of the movie. It goes really quick from this point yeah, on. Yeah, it really does. Belinda Blasky goes to somebody's cabin. Is it Marsha's cabin? Or Eddie's cabin there? No, it's the doctor's. No, no, oh, no. She, oh, when she finds Eddie. Yeah, yeah it's and Marsha's then she, cabin because Eddie's uh, her brother. Then a werewolf attacks her, but she only sees like the claw, the hands coming through the door. And yeah. she gets, somehow she gets under the cabin and grabs a hatchet and chops his hand off. But you've already learned earlier in the film that apparently werewolves can regrow limbs. Yeah. Yeah. These werewolves can regenerate body parts. And the only thing that can kill them is uh, silver bullets or silver. Beheading. And fire. And fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is pretty much, yeah, pretty it's much pretty true. Typical. Yeah. yeah. So Belinda Blasky goes back to, then runs back to the doctor's office mm-hmm. to try to get the phone. And then Eddie Kist shows, or Quist that, shows back up. Yeah, because that's the only phone in yeah. the colony is in the daughter's office. And this is where we see the really good close-up transformation bit yeah. here uh, by Picardo. Well, by Rob Bottin. Picardo's just standing there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, she gets killed. Spoilers. Then her boyfriend was Dennis Dugan. Mm-hmm. He comes up. Well, he goes and gets the silver bullets. Um, yeah, from the bookshop. Yeah, from <laughs> the occult bookshop. Yeah. Yeah. And drives up there, and it, by this point, they have got D. Wallace, all the rest of the work, because all of them there are werewolves. Yep. In the barn, and they're going to turn her, more or less. Mm-hmm. And she's flipping at it. Dennis Dugan shows up, and shenanigans. I have silver bullets in here. Silver bullets, my <laughs> Anyway, she gets bit. Spoilers. And the last scene in the movie is her going back on the news to relay her story mm-hmm. and she and dennis do like we've got to prove to people we got to let people see this we've got to prove to them this yeah, we is have going to let on. them know it's out there so he's he gets, like i don't think i can go through the yeah. through with this and she's like you have to yeah so she starts saying the news report on camera and then turns night i'm gonna show you something make you believe <laughs> 
and he shoots her. And then it goes back to people. You see people watching the news. Yeah. And one of them is Mick Garris, by the way. And some people are like, yeah, Lady really turned into a werewolf. And other people are like, ah, oh, special effects. Ah, oh, crap. So, yeah, I mean, you knew people were going to yeah, buy it. Yeah, that's right. But I guess she figured that, because this is the thing that kind of confuses me about the howling werewolves. She gets turned. Mm-hmm. And she's still kind of herself and doesn't seem to be acting any different other than the fact that she realizes I can't live. I'm going to hurt people. Yeah. So she does this you know, sacrifice on TV to try and prove to everybody that the yeah. werewolves are real. But when her husband gets turned, he starts to act like a complete dick. Well, maybe that's just go. I guess it goes with what kind of person you are inside. You know, and he was frustrated at that point to begin with. So I guess that's what took precedence. Yeah. Because earlier in the movie, he was nothing but wonderful yeah. to her. Yeah. Maybe it's just because he was frustrated and the beast, took, he wasn't strong enough to hold the beast at bay. Maybe. Yeah. And she was a lot stronger inside than she knew. Yeah. You know, like it, what was mo- most important was her was to stop this, mm-hmm. to end it. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, that's and, what I got out of it. Yeah. And, you know. For a while, I thought that, you know, hey, the colony is just a place where werewolves live Mm -hmm. and they're trying to stay out of the public eye, blah, blah, blah. But it turned out that the doctor had gathered everyone there and he had, I don't know, was he, he was turned, but I don't know when it happened. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, his whole thing was actually to help help them get acclimated to living normal lives with humans instead of running wild in the woods. Yeah. And instead of killing humans, he was trying to raise cows and kill the cows for them to eat instead of trying to kill people. Yeah. And he was pretty darn determined that hence the other thing, you know, the doctor's very even keel and trying to smooth things Mm -hmm. over, but a lot of the other ones are just, you know, it would amplify whatever your personality. Yeah, maybe Uh, so. Now, the plot, us telling the plot here really doesn't do it justice. No, it never uh, does. Yeah, you know, you really got to watch it. It is a lot of fun. And some of the cool things in it, though, about it, the oh, the the final transformation, by the way, that mm. happens on camera. Yeah. It's all done in close-up, <laughs> tight shots between her and then Dennis Dugan with the rifle. And the reason was because they had run out of money at that point <laughs> and couldn't use sets anymore. So they did it, those two shots in close-up in uh, Dante's office. Yes. So you couldn't see anything, you know, behind him or anything. And she's like the cutest Pomeranian werewolf ever. She looks like a little puppy. Yeah. Yeah, she really... looks like a puppy. I don't know. All the other werewolves were like big wolf snouts yeah. and, you know, but she well, was also, very well, smush-faced. I'm going with that wasn't her final transformation. Yeah, she was still in mid-transform. Yeah. Okay. Oh, another cool thing. A lot of the characters' mm-hmm. names were after directors of werewolf movies over the years. Oh, cool. Like Fred, Freddie Francis, mm-hmm. Terry Fisher, mm-hmm. George Wagner, you know. Nice. Oh, Picardo also talking about uh, his makeup he was in. There was one, I don't know if it was the first time they did the makeup or that last shot, the the big transformation scene. Mm-hmm. But apparently Botin was such a perfectionist and took so long to get him into the makeup, mm-hmm. like six hours or whatever, that they couldn't film anything that day because it, it was, everybody had to go home and shut down. Oh my so gosh. he had to like stay in the makeup overnight. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That's, that's a, dedication. Yeah, and, and a bit of a shock, I would imagine, from the professional, classically trained stage actor. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he says in one of those interviews. He said, yeah, I went to Yale or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. Traditional, yeah, Yale classically trained stage actor. Won two awards from Broadway, and his first film role is in a low-budget horror movie. Yeah. And <laughs> having his face of, melted off. Yeah, six. Uh, oh, uh, I just found this out, too, doing a little research. D. Wallace's part was initially offered to Annette Haven, 
Who, Who's that? Annette Haven was a gorgeous um, porn actress. Oh. In the eighty, the late seventies, early eighties. Okay. Um, just really beautiful woman, but she turned it down because of all the violence. And it. Oh, she wasn't wow. A- it's amazing to me. The people who are totally against violence and then the others that are totally against, you know, nudity and yeah. sex. Well, and that was Dee Wallace. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't do any nudity at all. <laughs> she was totally against that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, even Elizabeth Brooks, Marsha, she did the nudity. Yeah. But she was told that it would be obscured by the smoke of the fire. Oh. And shown mostly, mostly in like long shots. So you wouldn't really see it. Oh, it so wasn't. No. And when she saw the movie and you could see her full frontal with, you know, top and bottom, everything, she was just shocked and put out i bet she was the the story the book was written by gary um brandon brandner i think his name brandner and the book you've read that right yeah yeah it's quite good actually mm. it's quite a bit different than the movie did um, you read that before or after you oh saw long it? after long, long after. after i read that and the second book mm. uh howling 2 which is nothing like that movie howling 2 oh yeah the less said about that the better <laughs> i did find out though the howling 4 is apparently more faithful to the book. Oh. So it's kind of, so I guess, a, a retelling kind of, the... of. Yeah, I haven't oh. seen it. So we'll have to check that out because I'd, yeah. like I'd like to see that. I don't think I've that. ever seen it. Have you seen that before ever? I've seen two and three. Three is the, the kangaroo one, right? Yeah, the marsupials, <laughs> which was supposed to be a comedy, but it just comes across as a shitty movie. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I tried watching it. I hated it. Um, and there was another one about howling, I don't know, six, five, whatever, the freaks, which so takes place in like a circus or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I want to say... We you saw like that. long time ago, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah. So I might have to revisit Well, I mean, combining that. werewolves and circus stuff is like right up Rob's alley. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Oh, a lot of the inside things that, you, you know, you kind of need to look for. Mm-hmm. When they go into Eddie uh, Quist's apartment, mm-hmm. there's a newspaper uh, headline that says, Death by, Death by Man-Eating Piranha. Mm. Well... He did Dante's first movie, I think first movie, was Piranha, and right. Belinda Blasky was in that. Right. And she's in the apartment, and she sees the paper. Gotcha. Now, we've done Piranha. We did that for a podcast. Yeah, I believe yep. we did, yeah. Some of the books people are reading mm-hmm. in the movie, one is called Howl by Allen Ginsberg. I can't remember which character's reading that. And then another one somebody's reading is You Can't Go Home Again by Thomas Wolfe. So different oh, things. Oh, and then there's the, the chili. Oh, Wolf, Wolf chili. the Wolf brand chili yeah. you see show up a few times. Yeah. yeah. So and there was some interesting... Um, when uh, Belinda and her boyfriend go to the bookstore, that occult bookstore, yeah, there were some interesting books they were talking about in that. And I think you own at least a couple of them. Uh, well, I own a couple of werewolf books that they show some of the pictures in the books they're looking at, some like yeah. woodblock print stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, a couple of the books I've got have those same prints in them. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know if, I, I mean, don't you have a lot of werewolf book. books though. It's oh not, yeah, it wouldn't be a stretch for those to have been in well, your library. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, because there are a couple. Um, that were considered like the go-to standard books for years. Um, uh, there's two, and I, right now I'm... Blanking? Book of <laughs> Werewolves, uh, and I can't think of the author. And there was another one for, I mean, like years and years and years, you know. I'll try, I'll try to put those on the Facebook page okay. when I you know, can remember them. Cool. But yeah. Well, one other thing I wanted to get in before we call it a day here. Uh, the music in this. Oh, Overall, right. the music is pretty good, moody. Yeah, you know, fits. But the one shot, and it's probably on, on you know purpose to give a goofy feeling. I guess it's when they're all out hunting for the wolf, the wolf yeah, that the attacked one that, him, that attacked yeah. the husband. All the guys in the colony and D. Wallace's husband, Chris yeah. Stone, they're going out. They take him out with them to go hunting, and it you can tell that they're just kind of 
doing it for show for sure. him right. and letting him do all the work. They know it was one of them, you know. Right. But the music is kind of goofy circus-like music. almost takes you out of the movie it really did know? i mean both of us were very confused because i i asked you i was like is that the original musical score here because it's yeah and i couldn't remember weird. that being there so you know yeah. i don't know I, I, that's the only place i remember the music really drawing me out yeah that that bit yeah the rest of it was the rest fine. of it fits yeah. it's great moody and you know suspenseful stuff and it mm-hmm. works another thing too um talking about moody the shots that Dante used camera movement and mm-hmm. the the shots setting the scene in, you know within the camera lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them are fantastic in yeah. this. You know the way he has the camera behind stuff peering in mm-hmm. and just it's it's really a lot more going on camera wise than you think about it when you mm-hmm. just get lost watching the movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. So definitely it's worth. I mean, hell, it's worth a watch just for that alone. Well, of course, but. If the Howling's worth to watch anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, you if you like werewolf it. movies and you haven't seen it, you've got to see The Howling. Yeah. The Howling is one of those films that I don't know why. I just assume that everyone has seen it. Like, it's mm-hmm. a well-known film. Because that's it. Because it's a well-known film. Well, but there are people who haven't heard of it. I mean, I guess that's true of any kind of film. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I thought this was like well, it one seemed, of the go-to. Yeah. It everybody seems like knows a, it. It seems like a staple. Yeah. In, it does. In 80s horror movies. You know, you've got Halloween, you've got Friday the 13th, you've got Nightmare on Elm Street, you've got The Howling. That's right. your werewolf movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. And American Werewolf in London. Those were the two. Yeah. It just seems like it's part of that to me anyway. It always did. Yeah. And me too. I'm not sure why I thought that. I mean, I had this impression before I ever met you because I saw it before I met you. Yeah. So I'm not really sure why. I mean, it's still a cult film, but I don't know. It's a well-known cult film, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I didn't check. We watched this on the DVD that we have. Yeah, which so, was an okay copy, but it wasn't yeah, it super was, crisp. It was a, I've had it for a long time. It's yeah. not like it was a new anniversary edition. It may be out on Blu-ray. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's on any streaming services. We didn't check. Well, I did check on a couple. Oh, and, did you? And yeah, oh. I didn't check everything, but I, I did a couple searches and I, I didn't find it anywhere streaming okay. right now. But I, I didn't search everything, so yeah. there could be something out there that's got Well, it. we'll have to see if Howling 4 is streaming. Oh, good idea. I'm dying to see that now. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to check it um, out. The DVD that we watched has a good bit of extras on it. Yeah. A lot of interviews with cast and director and behind-the-scenes stuff with the makeup. and uh, So I'm sure the Blu-ray will have all that, too. Well worth it to get that. You know, if you want to watch the movie, because because of, of all the extras, because yeah. usually streaming stuff, you never you never get any of the extras. Yeah, that's true. Well, once in a blue moon, you get some, but not usually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was really good. I enjoyed the extras. I enjoyed the film. Yeah, it was a good time. The it, only it was at first, it kind of feels like it might be going slow, but I guess it's because of the you know the build up to the fact that we're not yet werewolf stuff. Yeah. But it, it's really not slow. It went very fast. It does. It goes by at a pretty good clip there, and um. The only thing I don't like about the werewolves is the ears are too long. Yeah, they are a little long. What was the film more recently that did that? Had the same weird long ear thing. I can't remember. Like very tall. It's like Batman ears, you know? Yeah. Stick it straight up. Yeah. I can't remember what that was. 
I forget um, now, but yeah, there was another but one that kind of at least that. these were werewolves in the Howling were so much better than the ones in Underworld. Yeah. Or, or any other werewolf movie, mostly for the last 20 years. Mm. There have been some good ones, though. Yeah, the ones in Underworld should have been good, but they look more like horses. Their yeah. snouts like horses, and they didn't have hair covering their bodies. And it's like, it's a wolf. It's supposed to be hairy all over. It's a hairless wolf. Yeah. Yeah, uh, even weird. dog soldiers, the werewolves look great in that. But, I was just getting ready to say that. You know, I remember really but liking them. When you get a close-up shot, they're not covered in hair. It's just yeah. sporadic over the body. I'm like, that is just so weird. Hair's expensive. Well, it's probably <laughs> yeah, it's probably a budget thing, really. But yeah, the dog soldiers werewolves look really good. Yeah, too. I like that's a really good movie. We did that one before on podcast. Oh yeah, didn't we? yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we that did. was a great film. Yeah. But you know, the Halloween is one of those like say classics from the 80s that if you, it's got to be in your watch list of mm-hmm. 80s horror films absolutely uh, and just werewolf horror films in general yep i don't know where i'd rank it on my list of top five werewolf movies i mean i'd have to think about that of course the wolfman is number one oh, of course the cheney wolf which oh i forgot they they watch the characters see on tv the movie the wolfman with cheney ah. so you get different bits of that mm-hmm. throughout this film and then there's an after credit sequence mm-hmm which, who knew? They didn't do after credit stuff back then. Uh-huh. But it's just a little clip from The Wolfman mm-hmm. right at the end of the credits. just like three seconds worth, you know. Yeah. Uh, which, is, that's always cool. So, yeah. So, if I was going to pick my top five werewolf movies. The Wolfman, of course, number one. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I'm not going to put in there because it's a meets the Wolfman. You know, Frankenstein meets mm-hmm. the Wolfman. But in no particular order. Um, other than Wolfman. Other than Wolfman being number one. Bad Moon. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the werewolf looked great in that. Uh, the Howling, mm-hmm. of course. Curse of the Werewolf, mm-hmm. which doesn't have a whole lot of werewolf in it. No, but it's a great movie. But it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Jeez, other than that, what's the, what would be a fifth one to throw in there? I love Werewolf of London. Yeah. Dog um, Soldiers, you like Dog that Soldiers I like a lot, yeah. Uh, you like oh, Ginger Snaps a lot. I, di- I used to. You used to? You don't the like last it time I watched now? it, I didn't like it quite Aww, as much. Oh, that's sad because I remember you liking it a lot. It's all right. It was different. That was what was so cool about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe so. Oh, okay. Well, any Paul Nashie movie. <laughs> well, that's all of them. Yeah. So you can't count that. Yeah, we can't five. even put Paul Nashie in there because he's a genre to himself. That's right. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I'd have to go look at the werewolf shelf and see what's on there. I'm drawing well, a blank like right now. It's not like you can't name every werewolf movie. Well, yeah. Pretty close, but I'm kind of drawing a blank because I know I'm. I know there's something that I'm just missing in the back yeah, of my just head. Forgetting, yeah. Well, maybe on the Facebook page after we post this, you can list your your top ten. Oh yeah, or something. And hey, and anybody and else? Everybody else to th- yeah, a top, in there. top five top werewolf five movies of yours. See if we you know are on the same page about stuff. Yeah, that'd be fun. See what everybody's recommends. Yeah. And hell, maybe there's a werewolf movie we haven't seen yet. I I'd love to I'd love to find one. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and there's another one. That we were looking at. God, I can't remember. It'll show up on there. It's on one of our lists that we've been meaning to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, a, it was more of a comedy, though. Uh, oh, totally jumping ship here, skipping tracks. Hey, if you like the podcast, we've started something new with the Phantasmo brand. Oh, yeah. Go to the YouTube that all the kids like nowadays <laughs> and look up Phantasmo Trailer Vault. Yeah, I think the page is actually the Phantasmo After Dark. Oh, uh, okay. It's, page. Okay, it's probably on the Phantasm After Dark YouTube page. Yeah, but, but uh, you can type in show. either one. Yeah, yeah. The new show is the Phantasm yeah, Trailer. It's Ball. a video show that I I started doing, and uh, Greg Steele and and Matt and Matt Matt, Matt uh, <laughs> filmed it for me and edited, it, and we had a ball doing it. And it's me, so you can see what it looked like. God help you. 
uh, hosting a trailer show where we just sit and watch a bunch of you know cool movie trailers together, and I throw in a few facts here and there, and we had you know it's a lot of fun. So join me, won't you? And <laughs> you hopefully, get to see a, a snippet of the Phantasmo Lounge. Yeah, the darkest corner of the Phantasmo Lounge. <laughs> And the first episode is is up, and hopefully in a week or two we'll be filming the second episode, and that'll be up whenever you know Greg has time to edit it. That's so, right. And we had fun doing the first episode; it was cool, and got a lot yeah. of good response to it. So hopefully we can keep doing this for a while. Yeah, gosh, I looked at it the other day, and there was almost nine hundred views. Wow! I know. And we haven't <laughs> it's like really this been, totally unheard of thing. Yeah, right? I haven't really pushed it much either. Yeah. Anyhow, yes, check that out. I guess that's really about all we have to do, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered it. I mean, you know, hopefully we gave you enough info to get you interested in watching The Howling if you haven't yet. Yeah, you should definitely go watch it. Yeah, so uh, there's only one thing left to do. There is. We must prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. and wolves that's right okay yeah proving the world falls around playing apes is a game we play at the end of almost every episode where phyllis will give me somebody from the movie we're talking about and i will connect them in as many or as few steps as i can back to the original planet of the apes movies or series uh not unlike the six degrees of kevin bacon but we came up with this game clayton and i many years before the kevin bacon game so yes here we go so i'm fairly certain at some point you've already done d wallace on a podcast haven't you uh maybe when we did popcorn ah yeah maybe so i was thinking about um christopher stone christopher stone okay d wallace husband christopher stone or they were engaged at the time of this movie in real life christopher stone the poor man's tom atkins (laughs) right and you know i swear though i swear christopher stone is in battle for the planet of the apes is like just kind of an extra maybe has one line wasn't credited but you don't Um, know for sure it was him well, you know, I looked up. It's not listed on his IMDb. Yeah. All right. So. Christopher Stone. Yep. Okay. Well, Christopher Stone did an episode of the TV show, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Okay. okay. I've never Sheriff, seen that. Sheriff Ozone, like on a season or two. Sheriff Lobo was played by Claude Akins. Oh, okay. Who was General Aldo in <laughs> Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Well, that was super fast and easy. Once again, you have proven... That the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yes, I did. Good job. Thank you very much. So go watch all the Planet of the Apes movies and the TV show and the cartoon and go watch The Howling. Yes. I guess that's about it, huh? I think so. Then go jump on Facebook and tell us your top five werewolf movies. Oh, yeah. And watch the Phantasma Trailer Vault. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know what you think of that, too. Yeah. So until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. And now. All anyone can do is watch and wait.